You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We're talking about comics on this new comic book day. Yep, that's right. Every week we are, uh, we, when we first started the show, we lived in an era of only one comic book day. And now we live in an era where we have, I mean, technically comic book day is every day because in your local comic shops, every Tuesday and Wednesday, you get refreshed with new products. And on your TVs or in your movie screens, you have these adventuresome stories featured. So not only are we going to talk comics, but today we're also going to talk about Hellstrom. Right? Uh, Marvel's new uh, Hulu show, correct? Am I right about that? It's on Hulu? It's on Hulu. You you can watch The Son of Satan on Hulu now. That's crazy. So DC gave us Satan. (laughs) Now Marvel (laughs) gives us The Son of Satan. I do laugh at that. I think that's funny how it's there's there's many versions of the devil and of course you know of of God as well in in these comics, but it's just I find that so funny how you know because DC and Marvel it's like ooh they threw a lefty so we'll throw a we'll throw a lefty but with a little bit more pizzazz so it's just funny <laughs> to see how they follow in each other's footsteps in that way. But yeah, um, before we uh, get into talking more about Hellstrom and the new TV show. Let's get to that comic book stand on that spinner rack. Okay. Well, since we are talking about some of the uh, spooky side of DC Comics, let's go ahead and throw this one out there. American Vampire 1976 issue 2 will be hitting the 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 Tuesday comics along with the rest of DC. And uh, I know a lot of people responded very well to American Vampire. That's uh, Scott Snyder's kind of independent DC book. So he's been doing his own thing, taking that character set and playing with it. And so now they've brought it back with kind of a prequel. So if that's your thing, check it out. Um, I know Raphael Albuquerque is an amazing artist. So I would definitely say you can't go wrong with Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque teaming right up. So that's a definite good one. Uh, DC's big, uh, crisis level event dark Knights death metal number three will be getting a second printing uh so very interesting uh mashups there if we look at the cover we can see a flying wonder woman with a swamp thing shield uh being followed by a pixie cut harley quinn riding one of the giant uh hyenas and then batman on a bat skull bat cycle yeah <laughs> That was a lot of mouthful there, (laughs) but uh, a lot of craziness going on. So uh, once this is over, I'm sure Todd McFarlane is all I can picture is that meme of the one guy standing by the tree, rubbing his hands together, licking his lips. Like when they're (laughs) like, Oh, when somebody leaves a chicken nugget behind or something, you know, I could just see Todd McFarlane now doing that being like all these dark nights, death metal toys. As much as the toy line is great, and it is pretty wild, but he needs to really expand out because so far it's been Batman Central. But anyways, oh. I digress. 
Um, we will have a new spinoff issue from the Dark Knight's Death Metal. We will get Dark Knight's Death Metal Infinite Hours Extreme with three X's in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this thing is That's beyond focus. Um, the best part about it, so if you remember, what was that, maybe two years ago when they did the first Dark Knight's, uh, Dark Knight's Metal, they had all these... I guess, you know, Batman amalgams, right? You know, like an right. evil Superman, Batman, uh, an evil Batman Joker and all these things. So anyways, in this one, that's right. You didn't ask for it, but it's happening. We're going to meet the Batman who Lobos. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it is the Batman who frags. Uh, yeah, potato, potato. But yeah, you're right. Actually, it is, it is the Batman who frags. Uh, yeah. It, Oh my God, it is insane looking. Um, I just, I don't know how I feel about this one. <laughs> you know what this is? This is going to be the next uh, uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider. That's what this is. Honestly, there you go. That's a fight I want to see. I want to see the Batman who frags against the Cosmic Ghost Rider. So you have what? Uh, Punisher, Ghost Rider, and the 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 the, the Cosmic Ripper. Uh, power and then you have lobo batman and space dolphins <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's out there that's a thing now <laughs> uh, <that's scary. laughs> wait till the figures come uh let's see then we've got detective comics issue 1030 out um so i i'm not sure if that's mr freeze or not um but i think we might be trying to get some more new bat villains um and this is something that's kind of interesting, and I, I'm trying to figure out how to write this article. So I think that the, with the lack of editors, because DC kind of went on a big rampage, and well, not necessarily DC, Warner Brothers, um, I feel like there's some great stories coming out, but they're all coming out the same way at the same time, which is kind of hurting. Mm. Because when you're introducing 10 new villain, villains in one year, they're not going to stick. I think if you introduce one villain, maybe two villains a year, they might have a better fighting chance. So that's, what's going to be tough because Pete Tomasi is a great writer and he does a fantastic job on the bat books, but he's competing against James Tinian, the fourth over on the main Batman title. And instead of those books working in harmony, they're almost competition. And I don't think that's a competition that helps them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, right now, Flash issue seven sixty five will be out. Uh, Green Lantern volume, or sorry, Green Lantern season two issue nine will be out. Um, this is going to be a pretty wild one because, as you can see here with this cover that I'm sharing with Mitch, uh, it's very much in that nineteen sixties uh, romance esque style. So we have a Hal Jordan proposing to Carol Ferris, and then in the door comes busting in a Green Lantern. So that's pretty wild. Uh, I have to give a lot of uh, credit to Liam Sharp. Uh, he has his own art style, but he does such a great job adapting to all the wildness that Grant Morrison throws at him. You know, it's like, I want sixties. I want eighties. I want infinite space. I want, you know, as, as we can see on this cover trilleniums, you know, so he is just, he is churning it out. So he is definitely coming up with some wild styles. Uh, Hawkman hits issue 29 with Robert Vendetti. So uh, that will be the final issue of that book. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, we do have a live action Hawkman casted. So maybe this is just going to be that pause before they really start hyping Hawkman up again. Uh, I heard a lot of good things about Hawkman since Robert Vendetti has taken it over. So 
Uh, we shall see. I am intrigued, though. I look at this variant cover, and I see uh, Shiara's got kind of a new costume, so that's pretty wild looking. True. Uh, then Punchline will be getting her own special. Uh, so this is more of the fallout after the Joker war. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting because I like this cover, the main cover where we see uh, Punchline's secret identity being faced off with herself in a mirror. So I almost wonder, are they going to have uh, some split personalities in the character of Punchline? Because when I last saw her at the end of the Joker war, it seemed like she very much was playing up the fact that uh, I'm an innocent person, but maybe there is some truth behind it. So it'll be interesting. But as I've learned with comics, you can't always trust covers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Superman issue 27 will be out. Uh, and this continues on the uh, last couple of issues by Brian Michael Bendis. Wonder Woman hits issue 766. And unfortunately, I have some bad news for Wonder Woman fans. Uh, they were going to do some Wonder Woman 1984 um uh, covers to promote for the movie. Uh, so unfortunately they've been canceled, but on the flip side though, that might mean they're just holding them till they get closer to the actual release of the movie in theaters when, and if that happens, um, forever people will be collected as part of the Jack Kirby trade paperback series. So if you were definitely a, a, uh, fan of his 1970s experiment, this is definitely one of the hip books to pick up. I mean, look at what was it? I know young justice used to drive that thing. What was it? The hypercycle or something like that? Uh, the wonder cycle. Yeah, it was something weird. It's like, a. Uh, a massive motorcycle tricycle with four people on it. But what yeah, I do like, go ahead. I was going to say, you notice how it looks a lot like uh, the fantastic car, or the fantastic plane, like the, the idea that you do, you do four and then they each have their own compartment. And it's just like, I, I mean, I get it. Jack Kirby is great. He, he was, he is a legend and you know, but we did see a lot of re repetition of <laughs> a lot of the stuff. <laughs> Wait, you mean the Silver Surfer and the Black Racer? There might be a, <laughs> a recycle? <laughs> I mean, the Asgardians and the, the New Gods might be something of familiar territory. You know, actually, you, you are hitting it on the head, though, right? Um, had things not soured as they did with Stan and Jack the first time, Mr. Miracle, the Forever People, and the New Gods might be Marvel characters. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine that in one universe you could have Dark Side and Galactus in the same universe? Like, holy crap. Uh, we would have never gotten Thanos. Yeah. So that means somewhere in an alternate universe, we, we have, you know, Captain America and the Avengers popping through those portals to stand off against Dark Side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Uh, well, let's see here. Continuing on, um, we've got Why the Last Man Compendium 1 coming out. Uh, so this is Brian K. Vaughn's uh, saga of the last man. So the Y chromosome is gone. And in this future, this uh, young man and his pet male monkey are on the run because they are the last Y chromosomes. So people either want them or want to end them. That's it. I believe that's looking at being a TV show or movie, correct? No, it's a, yeah, it's going to be a TV show on FX. They had already shot a um, uh, pilot episode uh, with Barry Keegan. Uh, I believe that's how you say his name. Who uh, you last saw in 1917, if you watched it. But uh, they FX did not end up liking that 
uh, pilot, even though they accepted, they they made it go to um, series order. So they're now going to start reshooting the new pilot for the show. Uh, so wow, see how that works out. And um, I, I I saw on on that. I thought that was interesting that it's now called now it's it's DC Black Label. Why Why the Last Man? Which it, it originally <laughs> what was Vertigo, right? Yeah, it's it's a Vertigo book if I remember correctly. But Black Label, that's just another excuse to sell a trade paperback. <laughs> exactly yeah so i don't know like i i think it's neat like obviously it's exciting that they're putting a trade out there to have a collected edition of this ready for the show's potential release but it is funny because it's like you know uh, will they like they got to start giving a little bit more to these collections um so i hope that it at least has a bigger size to it that would be great but eh, we'll see as they get it out there um but that's wild i did not know that they shot a pilot and it's like no let's let's try again so Mm -hmm. that'll be interesting because when they put out the collection will they put the original pilot will the original pilot be hidden does it count or not so that'll be something you know what seeing as how i'm guessing even though it's in it's going to be on an fx channel it's got to be somewhat owned by warner brothers right so maybe they'll throw it up as a thing on HBO Max where you can watch it like they did for the Aquaman. The Justice League movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's a different story altogether. But the Aquaman TV show that they shot with uh, Justin Hartley that never went anywhere. Like the first episode you could watch on Disney or DC Universe before they got That's there. right, yeah. Huh, wild stuff. All right, well, let's see. Continuing along now, this Wednesday, if you go to your local comic shop, uh, you'll be able to check out all the new comics from all the other publishers. Uh, so, coming out of Image, we will be getting some more adventures of Kick Ass. That's right, you will have Kick Ass versus Hit Girl. Uh, this is going to be wild because it will actually be written by Steve Niles. So for the most part, these characters have always been written by uh, Mark Millar, and now we're finally going to see somebody else come in. So it'll be very interesting to see what Steve Niles does when he has Kick-Ass go up against Hit-Girl. And now well, keep in mind... Were... Go ahead. I was going to say, well, there was a Hit-Girl book that was written by Kevin Smith also. Oh, that's right. You know what? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I think Hit-Girl got released a little bit more. But Kick-Ass, I think he always played that one closer to himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because even with Kick-Ass, like we, we were, Kick-Ass is now a legacy character mm-hmm. uh, because we have a new character, a new secret identity under the uh, green and yellow. I don't even know what to call that costume. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so anyways, we'll get to see these two ladies square off and, and uh, how will it go out? So I don't know, but get ready for it to be a movie, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what else do we got coming. Uh, then of course from Marvel comics, um, you will be getting amazing Spider-Man number 52. So the secret is out. Um, Harry Osborn is back in another way. So he is the character. Oh gosh, I forget his name now, but basically we see a, a human centipede tormented version of Harry Parker or Harry Harry Osborne, Harry Parker. That's a whole story. Uh, <laughs> AKA Kindred. There we go. And so, yeah, uh, this is very interesting because it's really starting to drop a lot of hints about one more day, one moment in time, and things like that. So, are we going to see uh, 
you know, the event finally undone or is it not going to matter or is it going to matter? So that's going to be pretty wild. Um, gosh, I mean, if we think about it, I think what it started with one more day. So that's well over 10 years. That's crazy that, 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 that storyline happened. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll be very interesting to see, uh, what spins out of this last remains fallout. And then speaking of which, Oh, go ahead. We talked about that last week, the, the new, or Harry Osborne being turned into kindred, uh, the idea of making him a villain again when, you know, we had for for, since brand new day, you know, known him as just being back alive and he, what he helped run Parker industries. Right. So the fact that you make him. He's been a, he's been an ally of uh, Peter Parker uh, and even to a point where he squared off against his dad when he wore the American sun armor. So Oh, yeah, it's, it's 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 going to be something else. Um, you know, is that the real Harry Osborn? Is this the real Harry Osborn? What's going to happen? So yeah, that'll be pretty wild to see. Um, there's also going to be an extended issue, Amazing Spider-Man issue 52 LR. Now this one is interesting because we see Doctor Strange on the cover, and he's using you know his powers to light the darkness. But obviously on this cover we have a character blacked out. So I'll be very interesting to find out who that character is when the official cover gets released. So that'll be something to uh, keep an eye on. The official cover release just on the day it comes out? Yep. Oh. Yeah, so this will just be, like, this is the cover, but they've blacked out. The person. uh, The person, whoever it's going to be. Now, if you kind of cheat and look at the hands, they're very claw-like. So I almost wonder, maybe, is it Black Cat? Because she is starting to get a lot more feature. Mm. um, Or Maybe could this be a kindred version of Mary Jane? That could be something. So we shall see. Uh, Champions issue two will be out. And this continues on the outlawed saga as the teen heroes of the Marvel universe are outlawed. They're not supposed to be being superheroes. Excalibur issue 14 will be out, which continues on with the X of swords event. That thing is a mammoth event. Holy moly. I can't tell you much about that though. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. Iron Man issue three will be out. Uh, Christopher Cantwell continues on the legacy of Iron Man. It is fantastic. Oh my gosh. That first issue blew my mind. So I, I, he, uh, his, his Iron Man is on my read list. Uh, and I'm even going to try to check out his, uh, Dr. Doom as well. Wait, we Uh, started the numbering on Iron Man. Oh yeah, it's it's a brand new year. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously, yeah. what, what was it before Volume Six? Was it just called Iron Man Then Two, and then we just restarted the number? Yep, huh. yeah, I think so. Because basically, what they're trying to what they do is every time they have a creative change, they renumber it. Um, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I think it's a bad thing personally because. You know, when you go into a comic shop, you're asking a lot of your comic book dealer and a lot of your fans to know that if they grab a stack of Iron Man, are they all part of the same volume? You know, um, mm-hmm. I hope that they're doing the legacy numbering still. So that way, when you do pick it up, you'll see, you know, Iron Man number three, but legacy 682 or something like that. Uh, but I, I don't think they are. But yeah, it's a shame. But. You know, it, it, it helps. Like, honestly, I kind of feel like both companies are writing more for bookstores than they are for comic shops. Um, and that's a tough call because both are very vital to the industry, but you should really support your LCS. But eh, it is what it is. 
Uh, let's see. Magnificent Miss Marvel number 16 will be out, which is part of the outlawed situation as well. Marauders number 13 gets a second print, continuing on with the X of Swords, which is perfect timing because Marauders issue 15 will be out, which still is part of X of Swords. Uh, Marvel Zombies Resurrection comes to a conclusion with issue number four. This has been a better version of the Marvel Zombies. It's been a lot more fun and interesting. Uh, and I definitely think we can probably say thank you to Tom Taylor for that because what he did with deceased made you care about characters. So this is way better because that idea has been taken. So instead of just looking at gory versions of the heroes and villains, we actually want to see them survive whatever's happening in this resurrection. Savage Avengers is still a thing. So they will be at issue 14 where you get to see uh, Conan juggernaut. It looks like magic and, uh, the Black Knight no. being on an Avengers team. What a crazy lineup. That's pretty something else. <laughs> uh, let's see. Of course, we've got a couple of Star Wars books. So if that's your jam, get ready to uh, lay down the money for that. Strange Academy number three will be out. So these are all the mystical, magical kids of the Marvel Universe getting their own series. We have Taskmaster will be getting his own Probably a mini series, I believe. Uh, clearly, this would have been perfect tie-in for the movie and his debut in the MCU. But now we are going to go get an adventure of the uh, the the uh, the wild man himself. So that'll be pretty pretty interesting to see what wow. the fallout will be. Seventy-five bucks for that alternate cover, huh? Yeah. Well, I tell you, Nick Bradshaw, he is a he's an amazing artist. But yeah, uh, that is quite the price point for some of these variants. <laughs> Uh, let's see, but you mentioned seventy-five. I want to see. I go back up. I want to see the original cover or the the actual cover. So the actual cover is by Valero Valerio Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I I dig I dig that cover. That's not bad. It kind of reminds me of a uh, Linnell U. I could see that. I could definitely see that. I do like the skull face and the eye that's tucked in there. I think that's very nice. It gives it a uh, uh, definitely creepy vibe. And then we have Mike Mike Henderson's incentive where he's where where old Tasky is facing off against Black Widow. So that that screams movies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... But yeah, definitely some heavy price points because they probably do the regular cover. Then I'm thinking the one with Black Woman will be a 1 in 10 variant. So then that probably means the uh, Nick Bradshaw one's probably like a 1 in 25 or higher. So that'll cost you. But it's okay because if you want to save some money, perfect plug, True Believers. (laughs) Uh, So we will be getting a True Believers King and Black focus uh, because that's going to be Marvel's next big symbiote crossover event. Uh, so they will be featuring King and Black Beta Ray Bill number one, which will actually feature the first time Beta Ray Bill lifted me owner. So pretty close to his first appearance. Uh, we will get Black Panther number one, which features his first appearance back in the Fantastic Four book, uh, issue 52. So that'll be wild to see. Then, and it's funny because a lot of people don't do their comic book research, but if you enjoyed the... Uh, a-Force, the Lady Avengers, definitely pick up this one. So this will be Valkyrie number one. So we get to see the time when Valkyrie, Black Widow, Medusa, Wasp, and Scarlet Witch teamed up with Valkyrie and her Lady Liberators. Mm. So if you definitely want to check that out. That'll be there, all for a dollar. Uh, Warhammer 4000, or I guess 
as properly said, Warhammer 40K, uh, they have their own spinoff book, uh, Mar Marnius Calgar. So if you're into that, check that out. Uh, Wolverine issue six gets a second printing, which was part of the X of Swords. And which is perfect timing because Wolverine issue seven will be out as well, which continues on with the X of Swords. Um, and then you can also see here, this is an interesting variant. So they are playing with the idea of the Phoenix Force coming back to Marvel to choose a new host. Uh, so, of course, they're reimagining some of their Marvel characters. So you get to see a full Phoenix Force Wolverine. It's kind of a cool-looking costume design, uh, but it'll be very interesting. I hope they have Cyclops get a moment in this uh, future Avengers story. And I just... I. I just, I hope it's grand. <laughs> uh, X-Force issue 13 will get a second printing, which is also part of the X of Swords events. And then X-Men number four, back from 1963, the volume one edition, will get a facsimile edition. And why is this issue important? Because this is the first time we get Magneto in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. <laughs> so the Toad, Mastermind, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver were created in their first appearance. Uh, we have some epic collections. So if you want to get some grand space adventures with the Avengers, definitely check out their epic collection, Volume 18, Heavy Metal. Dawn of X, Volume 10, will be out collecting the complete uh, Hickman era of X-Men comics. Or you could buy the solo trades, Marauders, Volume 2. Um, if you want to get some more Thanos in your life, there will be the Thanos Infinity Saga. Uh, so this will definitely be more of the... Um, Post-Infinity Gauntlet, but before the movies took off, Infinity Story. So they might be worth your time, um, yay or nay. Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 2 will be reprinted, which creates, which collects such uh, classics as the Dark Phoenix Saga. And then X-Men by Jonathan Hickman Volume 2 will be out as well. And that's a majority of what's going to be on your spinner rack this week. So I love the fact that this X of Swords is like encompassing everything that's x-men in the marvel universe like they just have all of it down yeah well it's exciting because they used to do that like you would have the uh you know executioner song or or all these other tr uh, crossovers so that was a big thing and they even tried to bring it back um i don't know if you remember that one messiah complex and it was like oh that's really cool and of course you know lately the x-men books have been kind of in a funk and with Hickman grabbing the focus and bringing back a lot of titles. Yeah. I just can't believe how massive that story arc is. Like, I think it might be somewhere close to like 20 parts by the time it's done. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's huge, but like in not just the mutants in the Marvel universe, like you, you were talking about the champions and their outlawed storyline. That's going into the other characters that are a part of that story, uh, that, that group. And then uh, there was one more. Who else was doing a, a big old crossover that was tied into their other books? King and Black is going to start popping up. So that's that that's going to be. Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted. So, what exactly is this King and Black storyline? So, there is Noel. I think if I'm, it's, I think that's how you say it properly. So, he is the symbiote god. So on the planet where the Venom and Carnage symbiotes come from, because uh, remember, Venom comes from outer space. Mm -hmm. So they're playing with the idea that it's like, okay, so this character, clearly if they have their own planet, why not have their own god? And so their own god is looking at like, well, hey, I can expand my empire, my reach. And so he's just crazy evil. 
and um, you know he's causing all the symbiotes to kind of uh, go a little bit darker and Rogan and ancient invasion. And it's not just looking at taking over Earth; it's also looking at taking over um, everything. Like they just because the symbiotes do that, you know, they are uh, a symbiotic relationship. So if we take that to the level of their God, it might even be further that it's like, Oh, let me see if I can conquer the, uh, the entire universe as it were. So I haven't been following this, but I know it's definitely like Donnie Cates is just picking it up and running with it. So it's going to be huge. Um, like I know they're getting ready to, uh, do like push out the covers for the upcoming storyline on that. And yeah, we can see like X-Men Avengers, Fantastic Four, uh, Marvel street heroes all be part of it. So it's, it's going to be a big Marvel event. I mean, is it something that you're excited about? You know, I, I, I don't know because I, I haven't been following it. So it kind of feels like if I want to get into it, I'm going to have to deep dive into a bunch of issues, which I know sounds weird for me because I'm all about getting into comic books. But I just, I I guess I never really felt that strong about the symbiote because I thought it was neat when it was just Venom. And then, okay, they bring Carnage and Scream and Riot and all those other ones. And it's like, all right, you know, it's kind of a neat thing. But then it got crazy. And it even, like, became a part of, like the clone saga, you know, uh, they had a planet of the symbiotes and it was like, okay, that's pretty wild. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be one of those ones where I would probably trade weight it just because I want to see if it, if it sticks the landing, because unfortunately there's been a lot of these wild stories and this thing has been talked about for probably close to like two to three years. So it's like, okay, well, if this is a grand opus, I want to see if it sticks the landing before I commit to it. Uh, Just because there's going to be a lot of stuff to read, a lot of crossovers. Uh, Ryan Stegman is one of the artists on it, and he's been drawing some Cyclops stuff for it. So it is calling me out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't think it's going to be strong enough to make me plop down the hard-earned cash until I see the conclusion. Okay. I I mean, obviously Venom is is a... Uh, iron to strike right now. Well, it would have been this year with the the second movie had should have already been out, but uh, you know more faces seeing it means maybe more people buying Venom related comic books. So I just don't know if the god of the symbiotes was thing. I I mean I understand that the symbiote is from outer space, and that's where we got the suit from. But I just feel like making it so that there is a planet full of them and then everybody get, be getting getting a symbiote at some point and uh you know becoming the venom version of themselves just like it was too much like it doesn't make it special well and then that's the hard part because venom was so neat because he's anti-spider-man mm-hmm. and spider-man is a street level character and now you're taking venom and you're blowing him up to a cosmic level threat and it's like yeah you lost me you know because I don't mind seeing Batman team up with heroes and go into outer space, but I don't really care to see, you know, the bat family, you know, all of a sudden discover their capes are aliens and they have to, you know, are bat might and they have to go into the fifth dimension. You know, it's like there's, there's characters that do that. Let me see those exciting stories with those characters 
instead of trying to force something down my throat. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Like right now, comics are uh, they're doing some wild stuff, and experimentation is great. But you know, sometimes it it hits and it miss. So I'm sure if I was in the thick of it, I'd be more excited. But yeah, I just I don't know. It's Venom Cosmic just doesn't scream out something that I'm going to go for. <laughs> it's obvious that Donnie Cates loves the cosmic world, right? The galactic comic books with the create the creation of Cosmic Ghost Rider and uh did he did work on the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, he did uh 12 issues on the Guardians book. Uh he's currently on Thor making that pretty cosmic and and he's been very uh instrumental in taking Venom into space. All right. Well, there you go. It's it's out there for some people. Whoever wants to read it, I'm sure. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. Tell us about it. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's something that kind of was interesting that popped up. So obviously, you know, King and Black is going to be the big Marvel story. Uh, right now, we're currently in the big DC story with Dark Knight's Death Metal. So they finally put it out there. Um, they are going to be a, doing a Last Stories of the DC Universe uh, one shot. And they're releasing the characters and the creative. So we've got the Titans by Joshua Williamson, James Tinian IV, Scott Snyder, and Travis Moore. Green Lantern by Jeff Lemire and Raphael Albuquerque. Wonder Woman by Mariko Tamaki and Daniel Sampuri. Green Arrow and Black Canary by Gail Simone and Megan Hetrick. Aquaman by Christopher Selba and Christopher Mooneyham. Bat Family by Cecile Castellucci and Marika Andolfo. Superman by Mark Wade and Francis Manipal. So that's a pretty strong lineup. The one that blows up in my mind, Superman. Um, because we've known this for years, that Mark Wade is a huge Superman fan. I even think it was like one of the years that when we both went to Comic-Con, I think wasn't there like the big... Like Mark Wade went to a Superman panel as a fan and like it kind of was like he asked somebody to be like, hey, ask why Mark Wade's not writing Superman. And it was like, oh, geez, this is so awkward in the room, but so good at the same time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's definitely been a long road for Mark Wade to get there. Uh, I know with the change in leadership and editors at DC, maybe the time is coming. Uh, we see Brian Michael Bendis is getting ready to leave Superman. So does that mean Mark Wade is the man to pick up the Man of Steel? What would you, what do you think? Would that be something? Would you come back and read Superman to check out what Mark Wade does? I will definitely check out what Mark Wade does. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, yeah, I'm excited about Mark Wade uh, writing Superman. I mean, what a great voice for it. Uh, but. I don't know if it's enough to bring me back to reading comic books, if that makes sense. Like I, I will get it secondhand that if how, if you think it's great or if other people think it's great and maybe I'll pick up the, the trade, which I know is terrible as a comic book reader because it won't get to trade if it doesn't sell comics. And if I don't buy the comics, it doesn't, doesn't sell. Like I, I get it. But, uh, it's just, it's, it's too hard at this point for me to read comics individually week to week or month to month, like a trade is the only way that I can get through a comic now. 
No, I get you. And uh, luckily with DC and Marvel reprinting everything, I don't think you have to worry. <laughs> the trade will happen. <laughs> uh, so it'll definitely be something that uh, I think it'll stand and it'll be very interesting to, to see where it goes because I know when Mark Wade couldn't get Superman, then he started going to the other publishers. And um, I think that's where we got redeemable, correct? Yep, that's right. That was an amazing story. I, I definitely need to sit down and read all of that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, two other things that pop out of my eye, the Bat family. I'm very curious to see who will be part of this Bat family. So I think um, I think we can definitely count on Oracle, Batgirl, and Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know I basically just said the same character three times, but I think we're talking specifically Barbara Gordon, uh, Stephanie Brown and oh, I was just saying, and and Cassandra Kane. So I think they might be the uh, ladies of the bat that are going to be doing something there. And then the last observation I saw was uh, Green Arrow, Black Canary by Gail Simone. Is that something like I know that that's a character set you like? And Gail Simone has done some great Green Arrow stories. Are even better. She's done some amazing Black Canary stories. So like, is this kind of like getting your Mitch your Mitch sense to be tingling? I mean, that's definitely the one that that stood out in my mind when I when reading this list. Like uh, Gail Simone doing Green Arrow and Black Canary is going to be something pretty awesome. I would have to say. Um, dust of a distant storm i don't know what that could possibly mean but uh i'm i'm probably in for it once again in for that trade (laughs) uh (laughs) but what what is the 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 thing pulling all this together why are these stories one shots or one so if i remember correctly i could have sworn and now maybe there's another book so this is going to be the last stories of the dc universe so oh, the tagline okay. on it we can see is how would you spend your last night on earth? The final battle against the Batman who laughs is at hand. The final battle for the fate of the universe, the fate of everything is coming tomorrow and survival is not assured. But tonight our heroes have what might be their last chance to say their goodbyes, to let go of regrets, to spend time with the ones they love or to do as much good as they possibly can. For some, these stolen moments will be their last stories. So this is just going to be one giant book or are these each individual people going to be their own book? I think it's going to be one giant book. Okay. Um, yeah. So what I'm curious though is, and, and maybe I'm, I'm imagining two things, but I could have sworn they had one that was the last story of the new 52. So maybe because there's going to be like three books because I remember they all tied together with those uh, covers by uh, Gary Frank and Brad Anderson. So this is one of them. Uh, there will be two others, so I think they might kind of be in the same theme of the last. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I always enjoy stories like this, um, but it, I don't think it's going to be the same quality of like, you know, the old man Quill, old man Logan, and and those, you know, the death of the new god stuff like that. Like, but it is kind of neat to always get to read those like, Hey, this is the last time, you know, Superman does what he does or, or things like that. So that'll be pretty wild. Um, I mean, I, I, I know I'm definitely going to check it out because I am picking up a lot of the death metal stuff. So I, I just got to sit down and read it. One thing I do find interesting though, if we look at the bottom of that page, we can see, you know, Superman, Superboy, and Supergirl. Uh, they, they, you know, call out the seagull and shusters. So I wonder if uh, Superboy, like I'm very curious to see which Superboy we might be seeing because 
they they generally call out Superboy as an overall title, but could that be Superboy Prime? Could that be Connor? Or could that be uh, Jonathan? So that'll be very interesting to see where that takes us. Also, the Wonder Woman title, the Wonder Woman in the question night, do you think that involves Vic Sage or uh, Montoya at all? Oh no, I I I mean I, I I want it to just because I know there's that love, but I feel like it's more gonna be like I think it'll be a question of like, do I stick with my Amazons? Do I stick with my heroes? Do I stick with being a hero? Do I stick with being a warrior? You know, I think that's I think it's gonna be more a question of her of her skill set and abilities and, and philosophy instead of it being Vic Sage. But that would be a wild team up with those two. That would be interesting. That would definitely be interesting. You can finally throw the lasso of truth on him and be like, talk normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. There you go. There's your spinner rack and a little bit of uh, comic book news to go with it. Let's get into talking about Damon Hellstrom, the son of Satan. Who was, uh, who, who creates the son of Satan? So his creators are credited as Roy Thomas and Gary Frederick. Um, I know Gary Frederick, he's a, he's kind of an unsung hero in the terms of creations and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's pretty wild uh, to see what he did. I know those two gentlemen also have some ties to the Johnny blaze ghost writer. Um, and then I think even if I remember correctly, I think Gary Frederick, he also goes on to, um, I think he was part of Miracle Man, which I know is like a big, uh, uh, that's just a big story for another time, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he's definitely quite the artist. Um, so yeah, the, these two created the uh, the Son of Satan. Uh, his first appearance actually happens in Ghost Rider number one back in September of 73. So this is the first issue of the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider series. So uh, going along with that, um, a little bit of interesting stuff with Roy Thomas. Uh, the thing that I read was that Stan Lee, after the popularity of Tomb of Dracula, he wanted to create a series called The Mark of Satan, which would have starred Satan himself, presumably acting against heroic uh, figures. Uh, but Roy <laughs> Thomas came in and was like, maybe not have a book that features Satan as the main character and uh, changed it into The Son of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, this, 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 this road you're going to go down if you follow ghost rider and, uh, and the son of Satan. So eventually ghost rider, like ghost rider became a pretty popular thing. Cause obviously hell's angels and, and motorcycles were just blowing up very nicely in the seventies, you know, like it was just the cool thing. So of course, a lot of kids are reading Ghost Rider. Um, at the time, we wind up with um, oh my gosh, a very tall, angry man, and he was the editor of Marvel Comics. Um, oh, uh, dang it! We yep. and I can't think of his name. Shooter, there we go, Jim Shooter. Jim Shooter. Um, yeah, Jim Shooter ends up as the editor of DC Com- or sorry, of Marvel Comics, and. Uh, Tony Sabella, the creator of Black Lightning, winds up as the writer of Ghost Rider. And so they take Johnny Blaze and they put him on this soul-searching journey. And eventually he meets like the stranger, some 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 guy. 
and this guy is helping Johnny. And then eventually it gets to a point where like, he's almost going to help Johnny escape the curse of, of Satan. So that way he won't be bound to being the ghostwriter anymore. And Jim shooter got mad. He was like, no, you cannot feature God or Jesus in comic books. That's not fair. To other religions. And at the time, Sabella just didn't know what to do. So his story, like two years worth of story just got destroyed because of one editor. And then all of a sudden, but then it dawned on me. He's like, well, wait a minute. Then how can we can do Satan if we can't do Jesus and God? Like why one side and not the other? So it was, it definitely uh, put some, some animosity between those guys. And I think uh, if I remember correctly, I think Tony Sabella, he was like, you know what, man, there's only been three times in my career that I've just absolutely hated what happened. And that's one of them. So yeah, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, the dark, the dark arts of Marvel, uh, definitely took off, you know, because yep. Tuma Dracula werewolf by night and all these other characters just kind of, just kind of gravitated towards the, uh, superheroics of Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I mean the reading, the history of Damon Hellstrom, like, just to prepare for this episode, because all I'd ever done is really read a couple of those um, books. Like, what was it? The most recent one, the Midnight Suns. It's a vengeance. Yeah. Vengeance. Yeah. Like that's most of my exposure to the character. And then watching the show, like the fact that you have, he was married to Hellcat, Patricia Walker, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) Like, I get it. Her name is Hellcat, but like, she didn't have any hell powers. Uh, but I'm sure yeah, she changed that. Yeah, she was just a model at first and she was cat themed. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, you want to call yourself Hellcat, huh? <laughs> and then she died. Like, yeah. The, what was it? I was reading it said, um, at one point, Damon Hellstrom gets her, his dark soul ripped from him. Uh, which is the thing that gives him his powers. It's the thing that connects him to his father. Um, and because of that, he starts to die. Like it's the, he just withered, he starts to wither away and Hellcat as his wife is like, makes a deal with Satan to get his dark soul back. And after he does, she, she he comes back to life. He's like, he, thanks for saving me, but I would have let you die because this is bad. And she goes insane. And she's like, well, fuck and then dies and then it, the, uh, there's a whole thing about like I one I didn't know Hellcat ever died and apparently he tricked the uh what Festo and <laughs> yeah tricked Mephesto and then also tricked um Hawkeye's Avengers to go down there to save her when he they thought they were going down there to save Mockingbird which who apparently is also dead in 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 hell with Hellcat yeah. Yeah. It was, a. Uh, it, it was, it's crazy, isn't it? Like you don't realize like, cause it, it's funny. Cause he really doesn't get featured that much in Marvel comics, but when you read about him, you're like, Holy crap, this guy has a lot of ties to the Marvel universe. And it was like, yeah, I, I had forgotten like that. He had like, I didn't know they were married, but I knew that there was time where they, they had him and Hellcat together. Cause I forget which book it was, but it was like, they kind of had the two in the same room and it's like, you know, Patsy, you know, and it's just like, oh, okay, they they're they're dropping each other's names, but they're not like seem like anything else. So it's 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 pretty yeah. wild. Um, 
Yeah. That's what happens when you don't have your own book. You get bounced around all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) So what powers does Damon Hellstrom have? So definitely when, when, when you look at him, um, He's got the strength, of course. Um, he's got that trident. Now, I know at some points they did play with it that the trident did give him some abilities as well, like it can amplify him. Um, so there was that, but I don't think they they do it so much because I don't think I remember him having the trident in that last Spirits of Vengeance uh, crossover. Uh, obviously, he's mystical-based, so he's got the dark arts and magic manipulation and, and spell casting and stuff like that. Um they call it, what is it? Psychosensitive. So like he can definitely pick up a little bit of mystical energy and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, he is aware of kind of like a spider sense, but with evil. <laughs> mm. Um, now this is funny because I'm looking at the uh, fandom page and it's interesting that they rate his intelligence so low because typically he's kind of portrayed as a, uh, really strong manipulator. So I've always seen him as a very smart character because I know like when the Avengers are like, oh, we've got to deal with something with the dark arts. If they can't get a hold of Doctor Strange, then they go to him. So he is very much high up there when it comes to the mystical realm and and, and hell and things like that. I mean, what is the, the scale? I'm looking at that power grid, too, and they have six on there for energy projection, which is almost full. Like it's almost like the scale goes to seven. Um, so That's what I'm feeling. three is about almost half. Like I know I don't, I definitely wouldn't say that because he's also a professor. It, it talks about how he's a professor at, uh, like at a St. Louis university. And I mean, he's obviously not Reed Richards intelligence or Tony Stark intelligence, I guess, I guess if those are sevens, <laughs> uh, then maybe I guess a three is not bad. Does the rhino hit a one? Is that where he's at? <laughs> right uh, do they have a negative scale <laughs> but like in so in that midnight suns book he's definitely I, I i don't know i don't know if hero is the right word he definitely seems like he's in it for himself but then like he realizes well if uh, who's the bad guy in midnight suns i think they played with the idea because if i remember correctly well, it, it dealt with like trying to collect the the pieces of silver from uh judas and so it's like if they manage to get those pieces of silver, they're able to, you know, manipulate. Um, yeah, like he, he's definitely he's been a hero. Like for most of the stuff, like I remember from what I saw of him in like 80s and 90s comics, he's definitely a hero. I would say like post 2010s, they've kind of played with the idea that, you know, it's like, oh, well, I am a hero, but I do things because it benefits me. You know, just because it's like they've taken on characters like Mephisto and Neuron, the 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 devils, the villainous devils, mm-hmm. and then they decide to say, "Well, let's take that and and deal with him, and and put him in a little bit more of a you know Constantine esque vibe." You know, where it's like, "Well, I'll do this because I'm going to gain something from it, and I'll trick you because I'll gain something from it." Um, but I did see him pop up recently in Jason Avengers. Jason Aaron's Avengers, uh, just because they had Robbie Reyes, like his powers were really going nuts since he's more of a hell based ghost rider because he's bound to a soul that's trapped in hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, so 
you know, uh, Hellstrom shows up over there and he doesn't, he doesn't object to helping out. Like he's like, okay, I'm down. Like let's fix Robbie Reyes and then let's, let's fix his charger and let's fix him out. So last I did see of him, he's definitely a hero. Um, but you're right. He did feel a little bit cold in that, um, Oh my gosh. In that's in that spirits of vengeance crossover. But to be honest with you, they all felt really cold. Like even blade and, and Johnny blaze felt like they weren't like, Hey, we're here to do the right thing. It was just kind of like, all right, cool. Because we're the ultimate badasses. <laughs> but then you have like, I don't know, I, like on this fandom page, it talks about how he was part of, uh, the masters of evil. Like he's part of Baron helmet Zemo's inner circle. And it's like, well, that's obviously not a good team to be on. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and again, I, I, it's probably one of those things where they play, you know, where it's like, okay, well, um, is it in his benefit to go into there? Is it, um, like, I, I you know, I, I didn't read the story, so I couldn't tell you why he was in that part of it. I think it was probably more, just to be honest with you, I think it was kind of the writer looking at characters and was like, oh, this guy's called the son of Satan. Let's stick him in there, you know, mm-hmm. and didn't realize that, oh, there's a little bit more to this character. So take into account that Marvel, you know, has, uh, has as, as of this book, a Satan character. Uh, it has a Mephisto it has a uh, Lucifer. It has Asimodus. It has Beelzebub. Like these are all different names for different characters. But you know, in regular pop culture, it's kind of all the same name for the same person. It's all like the names of the devils. And right. well, it's more like the King of Hell, which at, I don't know if it still is. But after that one book, uh, Johnny Blaze was the King of Hell, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I love that crossover event, but yeah, you're, you're right. So at uh, that one, they, they ousted Mephesto. They locked him up in jail and Johnny blaze kind of got stuck being the new King of hell. So like, I don't know how, how do you, how does, how does like, uh, uh, Damon f- feel about something like that? Like, cause it even says that at, in one of his, in one part of the bio is that he was the ruler of hell because Satan died. Yeah. So, you know, it's tough because he's a neat concept character. Um, I just don't know if it's big enough to have that much of an impact because you're right. Like in the Marvel and DC universe comics in general, they're flooded with a million and one versions of Satan, you know, and then it's like, well, we try to be like, okay, well, let's have this one be the son of Satan. But it's like, yeah, but like Mephisto is supposed to be Satan. Mm-hmm. And then he has his own son, Blackhand. So how are Blackheart? So how is Blackheart not Damien Hellstrom? You know, so it, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Like it's, I guess it's just the hope is that with, with Damien, he's written well enough that he is a character you want to follow. Um, I kind of like to think of him. It's almost like, and even with wonder woman herself, like now wonder woman is declared a daughter of Zeus mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you know, so you do take, you know, mainstream religion and pop culture theory, faith and, and all these things. And when they bring it into comic books, they've got to explain their own version as well. Um, like I know for a while there, I really enjoyed when, and DC comics had the quintessence. And so you had, uh, the wizard Shazam, Ganthet, uh, 
High Father and Zeus, those four were together watching what was going on. So it's like, oh, well, you know, High Father and Zeus are the same dude, you know. But even then, they recognize that, well, we're not like, while we may be close to being called God, we are not God. Um, so I kind of like the idea that with Damien Hellstorm, with him being a human demon hybrid, that he is, he's like, well, I have these ties, but I'm going to go my own way. Um, it gets a little bit more complicated when you toss in the fact that he's got his sister, Satana. <laughs> so we haven't even touched the other, <laughs> the other sibling. Um, so it, it gets pretty wild, but you know, from what I've seen of the character, I think they've done a good enough job of making his stories worthwhile. Um, I know they're going to be releasing a trade paperback collection pretty soon. Uh, let me see if I can find that. Um, Oh gosh, they don't have it listed, but yeah, they're going to be releasing a, a trade paperback collection of his, I think it's part of his, uh, max imprint stories, but I know that got held up because of the writer and his name escapes me right now. Um, but the, the writer was recently starting to, uh, some allegations were coming up. So they, they pulled that, but I think luckily they just said to heck with it. Let's release the trade because it's all about the uh, character. Yeah, Warren Ellis. There we go. Hellstorm. Hellstrom. No, that one is Storm. So I'm curious about that because I've seen it be Hellstrom and Hellstorm. So uh, right here. In 1993, he received his own series once more with Hellstorm, Prince of Lies. As suggested by the title, his surname was spelled Hellstorm, S-T-O-R-M, during the series. Hmm. Uh, Raphael Neves wrote the first four issues. Len Kaminsky took over as scripter until issue 11. And then Warren Ellis took over as writer until the series cancellation till issue 21. Uh, so that 1993 series will be collected as a trade. So that's definitely a good primer. If you want to see what the character's all about, like I'm sure they're going to dig a lot of, uh, um, they're going to mine for a lot of story and gold there. Uh, recently, and that's right now that I'm seeing here, I forgot about this too. They created a book called Strike Force. So he joined up with Blade Angela, the the image comic book character who was reintroduced to Marvel as Thor's sister, Winter Soldier. Spider-Woman Jessica Drew, Wiccan, and Monica Rambeau, one of the former Captain Marvels. So they were all put together as their own team. Um, so that was quite the uh, collection of soldiers and gods and, <laughs> and mutants and inexperienced and all that. So something else. But you know what also always, I, I, I don't know if I find it funny, but I just find it interesting. Like, obviously you have Thor and Hercules hang out, right? They're, they're both... Right gods and a demigod from a different religions uh thor and Ares were both on the avengers maybe not at the same time but they were both avengers at one point in time once again right, right. religions but then what do you have when like thor goes and talks to damon hellstrom like I, my sister <laughs> is hell like or hella you know uh i don't I, she's the one who runs hell i don't understand who are you and who's who whose son are you again like to me that i find that to be interesting yeah no that is a good point it's like you know does does thor hold back a chuckle when he runs into damien he's like oh you poor you know stripling mortal you know my my sister are and again that's more of the movie stuff but you know like he's yeah. faced off with hell 
and he's like, I know her. Hella is, you know, she is, you know, and and so yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, the companies they never really directly address that, which is a bummer because you know. Like, there you go. There's a great idea for one of them. They should just do it called mythology, you know, DC mythology or Marvel mythology. And it's like, all right, let's take all the God and devils and have them have this massive crossover. You know, um, I know DC did war of the gods and that was a big one because you have wonder woman and captain Marvel square off because again, they are representing two different sets of gods and different packs. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's even pretty wild when the heroes do that too, you know, because yeah, I also wonder, does Thor hold back a chuckle when he sees Hercules? He's like, Oh, (laughs) Hercules, how's it going? You know, (laughs) can you hold me ulnar? Oh wait, you can't. I can (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I I feel like Marvel got around that or at least somewhat got around it with like saying, Oh, well, you know, the, the Asgardians are a fr- from another dimension. They're not necessarily gods. And I'm sure they do the exact same thing with the, the Greek uh, gods and the Roman gods, but that they have on the, on, in the, in the books. But like, are you, do they do the same thing with the Judeo Christian version of these characters, you know, Satan. And I'm sure, I'm sure God you know, himself comes up at, at some point in Marvel universe. I mean, Matt Murdoch praised, right? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens when Matt Murdoch teams up with Hellstrom, like David Hellstrom? <laughs> he has to do an extra week at confessional. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, it is it is funny because it's there is a lot of uh, you know uh, positives and negatives from these characters. And I, I think it's just one of those things where like we crave that story because we want to get that explanation. But I, I think the uh, suits never want to do that because they're so afraid that somebody might get offended, which is a bummer because it would be, it'd be very interesting to be like, yeah, what happens when, you know, ghost Rider, Damien and Matt Murdock team up. And it's like, you know, like ghost Rider might be like, you know what your dad did to me? <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt Murdock's like, "Oh my God, I'm in the presence of devils. What do I do?" And and then both those guys are probably laughing at that at Daredevil. They're like, "Really, guy? You're you've got radar sense, and you're going to question this?" <laughs> uh, well, in the, the reason we're we're talking about Damon Hellstrom and and his comic book 101 because of the new show on Hulu. Now, the show itself definitely goes away from like if you take a look at the fandom page for damon hellstrom there's two pictures of him there's one where he most definitely has on black leather pants and he you know the pentagram is burning on his on his chest the other one he's got his red spandex on with a cape and he's got a pentagram on his chest like both both uh the pentagram is a part of a birthmark that he has now the character in the show is not as flashy in either way he is very much a regular looking guy. He he uh he's a professor. He you know he goes he works with the Catholic Church to to um perform exorcisms when he deems that they are real. Uh, the very first episode is great because it it depicts uh, a family that's going you know on its wits end you know its last uh last rope so to speak because their child they believe is possessed by a by a demon by the devil. And the child has been 
smearing his own feces on the on the on his walls and cursing him out and you know acting crazy and i'm not giving away any spoilers because this happens in the first 10 minutes but he pulls the kid from underneath the the uh bed and the kid is talking to him like he's the he's possessed and he's like you're just what the first thing that's going to happen here is you're going to go out there you're going to say you're sorry to your parents and you're going to tell them that you made the whole thing up and as the kid is like oh i'm not making anything up he he sets a ring of fire around the two of them with his own powers with hellstrom's own powers because he has he's like a pyrokinetic and uh the kid freaks out and he's like oh okay there's real things going on here but then as the show goes on, you find out there are real demon possessions and he has the ability to excise them uh, on his own without without being a Catholic priest. Interesting. So it sounds like he like I kind of feel like there's a little bit of vibe of uh, like Constantine from the movie. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I think I think you were right when you said you described him as the Marvel version of Constantine. I kind of because that's that's kind of how I've always viewed him as he's like a I guess you know like a, a metaphysical detective you know like he's the one mm-hmm. who he'll pop it on these adventures and to you know elevate situation because even in that one story we're talking about the recent um, uh, spirits of vengeance that came out what I want to say 2016 um, that one played with the idea of him you know, like even Ghost Rider and Blade are like, yeah, we we have these weird pieces of silver. Let's go take it to Hellstrom and see what he says. And he's like, really? You guys got to involve me? <laughs> well, like that version of him, that that Spirits of Vengeance book definitely plays him up as like the the Marvel version of Constantine and and uh, and or DC's Constantine and DC's Lucifer like put into one because he's very much, you know, playing up the whole. Uh, loving life and you know needing uh, having the extravagant things like he has that huge house in that in that comic books and he's like you know playing it up to being famous and and all kinds of stuff which is what lucifer does in the i know it's a dc comic but it's not a dc dc comic right it's a is it a vertical book book oh gosh yeah most of the time it is a vertical book i believe so, you know, it's the two characters put together and the show is essentially that too. It is it's a lot like Lucifer in that it's, you know, a different thing happening every episode, but then it's also got this uh long overarching story of trying to save his mother who is currently possessed by a demon in an insane asylum after she was uh, you know, deemed ill fit to raise her own kids and uh uh, you know, she because she went a little nuts after realizing that her well at the time she thought that the man that she loved and married was just a serial killer, just a serial killer that took her, her <laughs> their daughter on serial killing jobs with him. You know, we at the end of the series or season learned that no, nah, he's not just a serial killer. He's also uh the devil kind of thing, and that's the reason why uh hellstrom and satana both have powers like because of their connection to the devil and uh satana is very heavily uh used in the show like the two of them are equally matched each each of them also have powers that the other one doesn't and it's uh, apparent that you know that they love each other but they also hate each other and like uh satana's ability to touch a person and see all the 
evil that they've done and hellstrom has the about the power to excise uh demons and uh you know you, and control fire and you know you finally find out that satana also has the ability to control fire and they don't have the trident but they do have a knife in the show which is a, of ancient metal and you can tell that that's what they're using they just don't want to pull out a whole trident like maybe because it's a little too close to aquaman looking <laughs> But uh, it's definitely what they were going for. Um, it's a good show. I think I, I think I said that last week is that it's a good show, but I only got really interested into it after the halfway mark of the season. Um, they definitely leave it open for a second season on on the way things are going, but it is wrapped up in a way that you wouldn't need a second season. And the way Marvel TV went, um, it might not get a second season. Like I am. Sub- very much surprised that we got the first season with this one because they can't at the same time they announced this one they announced the Ghost Rider TV series with yeah. Robbie Reyes a uh, continuation from the the Agents of Shield Robbie Reyes character and they canceled that one they canceled it you know right when production was starting so this the fact that this one made it all the way to air was actually pretty surprising for me yeah, you know, honestly, it, it was pretty wild because when they did that announcement, it's like, okay, cool. And, you know, Ghost Rider is a bigger name. We've seen him on animated series. You know, he's had two movies. Uh, even when they featured the the new in their legacy version of Ghost Rider, um, you know, it was like, okay, this is this is definitely something to follow. This is going to be a, a, a worthwhile character. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and Hellstrom too. And you're like, okay, cool. That's neat. And that was the one that wound up getting the green light over the, uh, over the other character. So I was very, very surprised. Um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's, I know one of our, one of our friends and, and, and cast members that comes on here, Sam, like, I know he definitely got hyped up about it and he wants to explore it some more. So, you know, it sounds, it's awesome that the show itself, I think it's going to be, I think it's a safe play because, it's not comic booky enough, but it's enough to lure you in and then maybe make you go comic book as well. Very true. Very true. Uh, so since neither one of us really reads anything, Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan, do we have any recommendations? Yeah, actually, so so the tough thing about Hellstorm is Hellstrom is that uh, both <laughs> um He's kind of like I said. There's there's certain things like like I love Hawkeye. I know Mitch and I both love Hawkeye, but him having his own series lasting more than two years is phenomenal. So don't get attached to the character and be like, well, why hasn't he hit his 1,000 issue yet? Um, I always think he works better as a team player. So some of the stories that we want to definitely put on your radar uh, back during the Marvel Legacy era, uh, they decided to take Ghost Rider Satana. Uh, well, Satana, I guess would be the proper way to pronounce that blade and Hellstorm himself and bring them together as the spirits of vengeance. Now the spirits of vengeance is a cool title. It's a fun idea. Um, it's a shame that they didn't put more characters into it, but this mix was well enough. So these four basically get pulled into the death of an angel and they have to figure out what's going on. And so it's just a tour de force of the supernatural, um, uh, consistent art and consistent story. So I would definitely recommend it. You could go find that one as a 
trade paperback uh, subtitled The War at the Gates of Hell. So that came out back in October of 2017. So I would definitely put that on your radar. Um, this is a big one, so you could probably find it in the back issue bin, the Thunderbolts annual back from 2000. And that's the one that you mentioned where they played with the idea of, okay, you know, Hellstorm convinces the Thunderbolts led by Hawkeye to go into hell to save the soul of Mockingbird, when in reality, they 180'd those guys and saved uh, Patsy Walker's soul instead. So you could probably find that for pretty cheap, but it's definitely a... Uh, it's a good story to introduce yourself to the darker side of his character and not the fact that he's evil, but the fact that it's like, I will do what I deem right, no matter the cost. So that's definitely uh, one worth checking out. Uh, one that I read that was really fun, but again, it's going to be more Ghost Rider heavy, was Ghost Rider's Heavens on Fire. So you can find that as a trade or part of the Jason Aaron series. Uh, so this one was big because... You have the two Ghost Rider brothers, Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch. And Danny Ketch had recently gone evil and was running around killing other Ghost Riders, trying to assume all the power. So, of course, these two finally, you know, they both come to their wits and realize, okay, something big is going on. So they team up and Hellstorm uh, turns out to be part of this story as well. And I definitely say whenever you get a chance to read Hellstorm, you should read him by Jason Aaron. He does a great job and has a great handle on the character. Um, and this is a series, and I don't know how much of a party plays on it, but definitely on the cover to issue two, it's very exciting. But this Avengers Undercover, uh, it's a two trade paperback series. If you want to pick it up, it was 10 issues. And basically, yeah, this is like Baron Zemo is taking some villains and like, all right, we're going to go do our own thing. So it's, it feels like this is Thunderbolts Max. Like, this looks pretty wild and intense. Uh, the cover art is very beautiful looking, so I would definitely put that on your radar. You could probably pick those trades up on the cheap. Strike Force was another team book that Damien got to play with. So there you get the Winter Soldier, Spider-Woman, Angela, Blade, uh, Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Monica Rambeau, and Wiccan. So these characters come together and I was reading it. I did pick up the first arc and I enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. It was just a bunch of characters who have been through their own hells coming together to have a good time and kick some ass as it were. So those are definitely, that's another true two trade paperback series that you could pick up. Uh, and I would recommend those definitely check it out. Then of course there was the, uh, aforementioned trade paperback Hellstorm. Uh, they'll probably retitle it Hellstrom just for the TV show. Uh, and that'll feature some of the wear and era stuff. So, you know, there is, there is quite a volume out there, but like I said, I think the character works better when he's in a team of Marvel heroes because you get more of a character balance. That'll be worthwhile. Yeah. The, uh, that Avengers under, uh, undercover, art the cover art looked really intriguing to me so that might be something i'll take a look at and see if i can find somewhere and read because that that looks really cool um and yeah give the show a chance it's on hulu it's uh it, it definitely from what i read on the fandom page on the wikipedia page it follows the storyline of helstrom pretty closely you just don't get the extravagant flashy looking helstrom <laughs> <laughs> no shirtless cape guy <laughs> no no shirtless cape which that 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 version of him looks so familiar to something else too and i can't think of what it reminds me of <laughs> it's just a bad form of namer 
maybe that's what it is. Maybe that is what it is, but it just, it, I don't know. It's, it's funny looking, but uh, there you go. There's Hellstrom. Uh, go and go into those um, comic book stacks and look, look for your copies or go buy some, some older copies uh, in the, what's it called? What are the, the long boxes, you know, and yeah, uh, back issues that's what i was looking for geez uh and, and pick up your copy pick up a copy of it but um if you want to talk to me about hellstrom i'd love to hear from you find me on twitter i'm at mitchipedia gem gem stands for geek elite media chris where can people find you online uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter as well. I am stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D and then check out geekleadmedia.com and AIPTcomics.com. Uh, those are two websites that I write articles for. So definitely give them a read and I'd love to get some feedback and talk with you about those comic book related ideas. Then uh, if you want to get a hold of anybody else at Geekly Media, it's at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Geekly Media. You have all kinds of bonus material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. If you listen to this as a podcast, please rate and review us on whatever podcast podcatcher you use to help spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.